0: I don't know what this whispering thing is but i kind of like it I don't hi know what it is either, i'm you know, bronwyn
1: it makes you happy hi i'm sophia
0: um hi
1: hey uh
0: so um uh, why can i not say words <laughs> whoa to ask like
1: a super existential question why why is? no that- i was just
0: like why can't i talk um given that you are the one who had school today.
1: Yes. I had school today, and it was only, what, like four hours? And, I mean, I guess school, I was about to say it drained me of all of my energy, which, it drained me of a lot of my energy, but there (laughs) were other things that I had going on this afternoon that drained the rest of my energy, so I i'm a little bit of a mess <laughs> but mm. i it was it was fine it was good i senior year woo
0: yeah we're uh seniors now just Heck that yeah. you know cool like
1: in a know. year we're gonna be off to college Dang. Still recording this, podcast, this time
0: right? next year we'll be recording this podcast likely From still on rooms. zoom but in a sure, fully different location oh no I don't like that there was oh wow so you know I'll cut this out but there's a skull on the (laughs) table (laughs) um because we have this room we call the nature museum and we have this apothecary cabinet this very cool cabinet that has all of these maybe I won't cut this out because it's kind of interesting it has all these different nature things so it has honeycomb it has cool shells it has feather it has fur all these things because my grandpa used to collect nature stuff and like we would collect nature stuff so we just kind of made this we call it the nature museum and there's a a rodent skull that someone collected and i was just like looking at it and it has teeth and i was like oh that's cool and i started to pull it and then the teeth started to come out and it was not a good sensation why would you start (laughs) pulling the teeth i wanted to see if they were loose but they were and i don't like that um, they didn't come Don't all the way out that, <laughs> you know you're
1: not gonna like the it was teeth.
0: such a bad sensation I regret that uh, oh, so God. much
1: holy you just cow teeth. I
0: hope no you did. I didn't it's still in there oh there's like bone residue on my keyboard because it's all, it's like not you know what I'm saying, there's a skull on my desk it seems a little morbid it's it like, does. it's like a mu—it's like a museum like, you know how a science teacher will have a box of bones and you might not think that they do because neither did I, but then our robotics advisor pulled out a box of bones so they do just have boxes of animal bones, and it's kind of like that and it's like, you know, it's educational but, I need to stop touching it, this is really not fun, um. Oh boy! Wow. We'll decide whether or not I'm keeping that in because that's really not the tone of this podcast.
1: <laughs> I, think, I think if you said it, it basically encompasses the tone of this podcast. It's. I feel like this podcast is getting more and more chaotic as we. I don't know. Get. I was about to say, become really more and more professional. <laughs> no. Well, I was gonna say getting. We get older. I mean, we are getting older.
0: We're, we're seniors now. We're, we're, like, we're in our old age. Brandon's gonna be an we're... adult
1: in a couple months. A legal
0: adult. A legal can't adult. can't you drink in Canada? In Quebec. In Quebec. <laughs> this Quebec. podcast is gonna take a whole nother of <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. We should
1: do oh a, um, once we're... Both twenty one, or once we we are both in a place where we can legally drink, we should do like a drunk quotes anecdote. Oh my
0: god, we just take we just take a f- plane to Europe as soon as planes yes. are available, or like Argentina, exactly. just, or just to record to the Quebec podcast. Wow, who's who's gonna be our audience for that one? Because our audience currently, I don't I don't think that's the kind of content they're looking for. It's um.
1: okay. I will um I will recruit Caroline and Eli. Uh, yes, t- nerd, and I feel like they will enjoy the chaos of a drunk podcast. Oh my god, episode. we need to do. Oh,
0: we're gonna have to do a collab sometime. We, you definitely. know, maybe I'm saying that, and they really don't want to do a collab <laughs> with us. But now that I've said it in our I, podcast, no, I, have listen,
1: I have a, I have a, a, um, a, Zoom meeting with Caroline, Eli, and another friend from our linguistic class, which I'll talk about more today. um and we're gonna talk a little bit about D anD. D. So you know, maybe I'll. I was about to say something that that in hindsight sounds w- way worse than what I meant. I was about to say like, oh, you know, I'll judge their vibe and see if they might <laughs> want to do a collab with us, which sounds horrible. And then
0: and then um, we'll talk about them behind their backs.
1: <laughs> we'll talk about them <laughs> We'll talk about them on this podcast. Hi, Caroline, yeah. if you're listening, I'm just gonna gossip about you. No,
0: well, um, I just wanted I, to say I don't. We're I haven't the subject. actually
1: talked to. Eli at all yet so maybe I should introduce myself first before we go like hey wanna come on our podcast so I that's that's what I that's what I meant by that <laughs> not
0: and I don't even know if they, they um, if they are listening if they are you know i hope now
1: they don't feel pressured
0: to do a collab with us <laughs> oh, i wish we hadn't um, said this but no, this also i wanted to say just a shout out because i was listening to their podcast hey nerd which we mentioned last week and let me just say it's a lot like our podcast they're very nice it's people. very similar to our podcast yes. um and i don't know if they're listening or not i don't even know if they know who i am because they're more sophia's friends um, well, but, uh, well, Caroline, Caroline Eli, is. If you're listening you haven't met this is Eli. my
1: girlfriend, she's great. <laughs> Aww, I am. <laughs> 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 I kind of said, Aww, and, and then I was like, wait, that's not, I'm not supposed to say that.
0: <laughs> no, I had to save it. Yes, you are. Um, but I what it. I wanted to say is that Caroline and Eli are just so immensely cool. And I was listening to their podcast and I was like, wow, these are cool people. And I had a moment where I was listening to their podcast and I was like they were talking about like oh yeah senior year and I was like wow these guys are so cool they're so much old like they're so old like you know when you're little and you think of like an older kid who's you know in like grade 12 and you're like they're so cool because they're so old and I had that moment and I was like you know I'm probably older than both of them.
1: I'm pretty sure you are. I just
0: when I when I when they just give me that vibe of just like dang you guys are cool <laughs> and,
1: Bronwyn, and I don't play, know if you guys are listening Bronwyn keeps texting me like I listen to hey nerd and oh my gosh they're so cool and like they're so I keep nerdy, telling Sophia to so tell weird.
0: I keep been telling Sophia to tell you guys that I think you're cool and I don't know if she's done that or not
1: <laughs> but I text her periodically and I'm like Caroline and Eli seem so cool. <laughs> She's like, oh my god, I can't believe they referenced Oedipus. Like, that's so cool. She's. I, they were like, talking about guys. That know I mean, maybe
0: Oedipus this isn't is. interesting like, <laughs> unless you're Caroline or Eli. Again, I don't even know if you guys are listening. But the they were talking about um, like their English class in grade nine, and they started talking about the play Oedipus Rex, and they were talking about like Oedipus and and Antigone in them, and I was like. And they were like, "Yeah," and I made this joke, and I was like, "See, that's a really funny joke," <laughs> and 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 then and Caroline was like, "Oh, but yes, you know," but but no one else got it, and I was like, y- "Yeah, because it's a really smart joke," and I wouldn't have gotten it either, <laughs> but I think it's you funny now because that's it. like an, it's such a good play, time. but it was yeah. Anyways, go listen to Hey Nerd, Hey Nerd, folks, if you're listening, I think you're really cool. And I would, you know, I just, you you guys are cool, okay?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think Bronwyn really Um, admires you, as do I. But I get regular texts about how cool you are. So thank you for Um, entertaining (laughs) us.
0: So, Sophia, what's your wordlet this week?
1: Yes, it's been ten minutes. Um, (laughs) How's it? Oh, no. (laughs) My, uh, My wordlet, we're only doing one wordlet this week because we're talking about something that I already know I'm going to ramble about for a long time so we're only doing one wordlet but my wordlet is metacognition which is awareness and understanding of one's own thought process
0: oh that's very meta
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean like it's I get neat. why it's called metacognition because that is
1: wow what an observation love wait
0: but okay so okay 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 so first level there's there is awareness and thought processes. Like, that's something that exists. Metacognition is awareness of the fact that you have thought processes. What is it called when you're aware of the awareness of your thought processes? <laughs> what?
1: No, metacognition What's? is like <laughs> it's It's the understanding of your thought process. So it's like... I, oh, it's not no, the
0: understanding not the that you that do you have. have a
1: thought process. <laughs> 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 it's like, that's a while. Like, it's, no, it's like, okay, I, like, yeah. Obvi- we all have thought inception. processes, no matter how different they are, I, I think. It's like understanding of your thought, like, this is how I process information. This is...
0: Okay, but still,
1: you could go another level.
0: You could go infinite more levels. And I feel like it's something like the word that I said last time, which is like... The pre-anti-penultimate thing, where it's like, how oh, yeah. many prefixes can you add onto a word before it's too many prefixes? <laughs> that is a great question, that's, that's which really I am going question. to be investigating. Let me just write that, down. <laughs> write that down.
1: Wait, I'm writing it down too. Hold on.
0: Where, though? Where do I write this down? Because it doesn't fit into any of my notes, and I have so many.
1: Well, hmm. <laughs> Maybe I'll write it, a new one. I'm writing it down in the extended list of quotes that i have that you have said to me oh
0: because i'm really funny yeah um
1: oh boy here we go
0: so my wordlet is circumlocution which is the use of many words when fewer would would do especially in a deliberate attempt to be (laughs) big or evasive (laughs) well i'm just as i'm reading it realizing how guilty i am of this quite often um it gives (laughs) me like philosopher vibes like you know when they say something And it's like okay so basically what you said is no one knows the meaning of life because we're all too insignificant which is like honestly yeah like that's a good starting point that's not actually that cool Um, (laughs) but if you say that in a thousand-word essay then you are guilty of circumlocution again this is kind of what my English essays are ninety nine point nine percent of the time Where, you know, the point is, is that this book is just someone's words that they've written on a page. Uh But I'm going to talk about it for four pages, four pages, and talk about how, you know, it's about their themes in it, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, (laughs) that that AP English last year really paid off.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm (laughs) coherent. (laughs) I'm hyper is what I am. So what's our topic this week?
1: Well, our topic this week, um, (laughs) I'm not going to say the thing that you've... Wrote in the description because it's just Sophia's
0: one true love.
1: That is not true. I also love Bronwyn. <laughs> I,
0: <gasps> oh, I not. didn't know that before you told me that just now. I was making a joke. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wow, this is the other thing that ron does sometimes when she's making a joke is she assumes that I don't get it. So, no, okay, I, she assumes that when I don't laugh, it means I don't get it rather than when I don't laugh, it means I don't think it's very funny. <laughs> so, she starts explaining it and that makes it less funny. And I don't in my know opinion, how to, it makes her, it quite like, funny when I get to
0: break down my thought processes. It's For a, example, my wait. joke f- that I made up yesterday was how do cows say I love you? Te amo. <laughs> that's not. That's not how you're so
1: Spanish, you pronounce it. So if you know any Spanish,
0: if you know any Spanish, it's te amo, which is
1: te A-M-O. A-M-O. Yeah.
0: But if you keep on adding Os, it doesn't turn te amo. D- <laughs>
1: It's a bad which brings joke. us
0: perfectly into this week's topic which is linguistics mm-hmm.
1: it is linguistics and I okay I I feel bad that we tend to do a lot of topics that I'm passionate about like we did we did a foreign language episode this one's different this one's about linguistics um but we've done like journaling and writing and I feel bad that we've never done a coding episode but I would really have nothing to contribute to that conversation um so I may if you look at promise, my anecdotes and I, I was just in... looking
0: at my anecdotes and I was like, see, I have, like, a full page of anecdotes. So this is fun. Yeah. I'm very excited about this topic. And then I looked at yours and you have two full pages of anecdotes, <laughs> okay. but it's still fun. I, <laughs> I am
1: sorry. <laughs> I, I I I'm not going to say I know too much because there's, like, so much that we all don't know about linguistics. But I I have an amount of knowledge on this topic that... Some people might say is concerning, (laughs) for uh, but you know it's fine. I love it. Um, I think
0: it's interesting. I was uh, even though I would never finish my
1: thought. You should. (laughs) What I was gonna say was I made Bronwyn promise to talk about programming and the linguistics of programming, so she will get to talk about computer science, which is her one true love. Mm. So that is making me feel better about (laughs) what will be. Probably closer to an hour and a half this episode of me getting really excited about linguistics.
0: But, again, there are aspects of linguistics that I find very cool. I just, you know, um, other than... Don't want to devote your whole life to it. I get that. Exactly. (laughs) You know, you said that perfectly. And I also don't maybe want to read, like, a dictionary. But I do like (laughs) to know about words. (gasps) Oh, I have some... I have a a I can use this against you now. I'm gonna be like, yes, Sophia, very smart person. Oh, what does she want? To, oh, she wants to read dictionaries for a living. This is good. I know <laughs> that's such a good description of what you want to do. <laughs> it's not a criticism. It's just very specific. I don't know. It was funnier in my head. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna explain it because I think that that might make it less funny. Um, <laughs> thank you. Wow. you've learned something. <laughs> oh, I'm talking so much. I'm hurting my own ears. Okay. What's your first word?
1: <laughs> I've got to write down that quote too. Give me just a second.
0: Uh, okay. What's your word?
1: Um, sorry. My word. Yes. My first word <laughs> is something that I learned in, uh, our ling my not our my linguistics program that i took which is how i met caroline by the way uh who is very cool and also interested in linguistics um and on the first day of this course which was the best class i've ever taken um our professor was talking about the different fields of linguistics and how like linguistics is a very very broad field and so a couple of the ones that she listed were anthropological linguistics uh, neurolinguistics which Bronwyn will talk about Um, Psycholinguistics, which I think looks a lot at language acquisition, so like children, um, bilingualism in children, that kind of thing. And then the last one, which I find the most interesting, is something called sociolinguistics, which is probably the field of linguistics that I would want to study um, if I had to choose right now. It is the study of language in relation to social factors, including differences of regional, class, and occupational dialect, gender differences, and bilingualism. So, Dang. everything I'm interested in, but also language. <laughs> so, it's, I, it's very cool. Um, I don't know the etymology I, of it. Sorry, you go ahead.
0: I never would have guessed that that's something that exists. that's uh sorry (laughs) well
1: that's the thing right no one ever thinks about linguistics but within (laughs) linguistics there are so many fields like it's such a broad thing and no one ever thinks about it and (sighs) more people should be interested in linguistics good
0: thing you do they don't whoa i can't talk good thing that they don't because now you're unique um, What does the word <laughs> <laughs> Where does the word sociolinguistics come from?
1: Well, I couldn't find the specific etymology, but um, you're unique already. Is, Liking just... linguistics
0: doesn't isn't the only reason you're unique. You're unique because you're you're like really cooler than most than not Thanks. most all.
1: I'm cooler people. than most people. Everyone except you're me, I think is what you were saying. I would there. say that
0: like it's like it's like me. <laughs> Caroline, Eli, you...
1: You know, I'm okay with that ranking. They are definitely cooler than me.
0: I'm kidding.
1: Um, Tokyo, no, they are. You only that. have to listen to one episode uh, uh, of Peter. You know, Caroline
0: and Eli, What's you're pretty cool, disgusting. but Sophia's cool. <laughs> 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 I'm you making friends before, before I've ever even met them.
1: <laughs> you... There are things that we are saying that we can't take back. That... Anyways. Shots the etymology fired. of sociolinguistics... <laughs> Um, I couldn't find the specific etymology of the whole word, but uh, linguistics derives from Latin lingua, which means language or tongue, and then the suffix ist, then linguist, linguistics, which is the study of language, and then tap on, tag on, socio, I said tap on, (laughs) tag on socio to the front of linguistics, and you've got the study of language in relation to social factors, like Hmm. race, ethnicity class stuff like that so and i think cool. it's very very cool especially the connection to culture that's the coolest part like language is connection yeah. to culture you can even you can and that's such a bu- <sighs> i'm already rambling i'm so sorry guys this is gonna be such a long episode of me just no it's actually legitimately on on. It,
0: like it's it's legitimately interesting so please do redible. don't stop yourself from rambling okay okay
1: you've you've been forewarned if you don't want to hear yeah. Sophia, just talk skip this episode. <laughs> if you don't um,
0: want to hear Sophia just talk,
1: what are you doing? <laughs> <sighs> oh boy. Um but yeah, it's very and also okay, so the thing about language connected to culture that you can you can I the way that I've thought of that has been like ancient cultures. Like the first one that comes to mind is China and how the Chinese language is connected to Chinese culture. It's like so deeply ingrained in their culture and it shapes the way that they go about life. But even more recent stuff like internet culture, how has internet culture shaped language? How has language shaped internet culture? Like what, um, and then internet culture shaping the way that we speak because we saw it on the internet. it's so cool, and there's so much, and this is what I want to study. I am sorry, do say your word, please, before I keep. That
0: was quality. I I enjoyed that. Um, not sarcastic. In case you can't. Um, can't the tell. word that I'm going to say was, I was going to say given to me by Sophia, but I feel like I more stole it. Um, I get, I get <laughs> and it's, <laughs> and it's the word, word neurolinguistics. Neurolinguistics, because I was laughing the first time in case you didn't hear, which is the study of how language is represented in the brain. That is how and where our brains store our knowledge of the language or languages that we speak understand read write that we speak understand read and write (laughs) what happens (laughs) this is badly worded okay that is okay okay so it's also the study of what happens in our brain as we acquire that knowledge and what happens as we use it in our everyday lives now let me just say I don't think I'm going to go into linguistics. I think if I went into linguistics, that would be a plot twist none of us were expecting. However, if I had to, this would be something that I would be quite interested in. Because I have always wondered what, where the words are stored, right? Like,
1: <laughs> I'll tell you that, love. Because
0: as someone... If as we have someone, enough patience to make it to the anecdote as someone,
1: section, I can you, better. you a little bit
0: about because, because here's the thing. You know, as someone who has a surface level, level understanding of of biology and chemistry our brains
1: oh are no, just, no 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 no, just, no i will not stand for this uh 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 shush you took ap chemistry uh, and did absolutely amazing okay but in, the, in the amount of chemistry so you, that
0: knowledge that exists shush. in the universe i know i have a very topical knowledge level okay uh, shush, i know a lot you know a lot not, more not than most high school
1: students so shush
0: it's still surface level relative no. to the amount of chemistry that exists in the world Shush. however my point you know being t- that t- our <laughs> brains are organs which are made out of tissue which is made out of cells okay cells which are not thinking oh. little creatures crawling along on four legs no they're cells which are made up of of ad- of atoms which are literally just <laughs> particles and in, in shapes and how does that store words i don't know and i've always wondered that and i get super duper existential when i start thinking (laughs) about it and it really bothers me that i don't understand it because the answer is always like oh electricity signals but like How does
1: electricity signals hold words? What? Okay, it so I no actually sense. won't be able to answer this in a satisfactory <laughs> way if that's your question. I just know the general areas of the brain that have to do with language. I don't know, like, like how the neurons work. Gosh, what were you expecting from me? But how do neurons store information? I do know. Maybe you should become a neuroscientist. That's but right, I don't the, want, want to. Neuro- <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, here's the thing. You know, maybe this is a way to get listeners. Let me try to uh, benefit off of this. Share this with everyone you know so that I can get some answers. (laughs) 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 If you share this with enough people, just someone, please ask everyone what the answer is so that someone can just give me the answer. It's like cameras. I always wondered how cameras worked. I'm like, how do they store that? And then one day, I figured out, well, I didn't figure out, I learned how digital cameras worked and it makes so much sense. So now I know how digital cameras work and I don't have to sit wondering and, and, and just, I have, I have peace. Well, no, I don't fully have peace yet because I don't have this answer. So,
1: <laughs> run please help Bronwyn find peace. <laughs> help me find peace.
0: We're gonna have like a Kickstarter campaign.
1: <laughs> oh God.
0: Um, um, what's your next word?
1: My next word <laughs> is also something I didn't know before we took um, before I took this linguistics class, and it's I think it's kind of an informal word. Like it might not be a real word it might be slang but it's conlang um which means a language that has been artificially created or a constructed language um and i i kind of love the way that it originated because it's literally just constructed language shortened conlang, <clears throat> and i think that's wonderful and you can turn it into a verb so like oh yeah conlan i don't know how to pronounce it actually is it conlanging or conlanging
0: Probably Lang because it language. Yeah, but that just sounds no.
1: wrong, doesn't it?
0: Conlange sounds worse.
1: Conlange. It's like sounds oh. like
0: a loze- lozenge. Conlange. Con. No. <laughs>
1: okay, <fine>. What did you <laughs> okay, do today?
0: Con-lange. I conlange. I'm sure it's not
1: conlange. I don't know why I've been pronouncing it that way in my con-lange. head. But conlanging. It, do that you sounds know? worse. That sounds really nasally to me. Conlanging. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't. I don't like no, that. You
0: You know. You know how. <clears throat> It, what do you call a a, a language that, that committed a crime? <laughs> a conlang. <laughs> it's like a con man, but it's like... <laughs> a conlang. <laughs>
1: that doesn't make any sense. A conlang is already a thing. Um I... it, that's why it's a joke! <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a pun that's the whole point of puns it's already a thing but you make it another thing and it's funny <laughs>
1: yes i know how puns work evidently oh boy well anyways um one of the kids in this linguistics course that we took was really interested in conlanging and had apparently made a few languages of his own um we were talking about how i guess as you do as yeah just casually yeah no this kid was crazy he was like oh yeah you know just made a couple languages i was like what how do you have time for that um but they i guess klingon is that the star trek mm. language that's a con mm-hmm. that's a conlang. um
0: i'm gonna talk about some conlangs if we have time and anecdotes yeah uh
1: uh what's his face shoot i can the only thing i can think of is the, the joke that's like Jolkin, Rolkin, Rolkin, Tolkien. <laughs> J.R.R. Tolkien. J.R.R. Tolkien, yeah I, 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 Jolkin, an, Rolkin, Rolkin, Tolkien. <laughs> there was an yes. Instagram post that Bronwyn sent me that said that someone convinced their younger sister that J.R.R. R. Tolkien's full name was Jolkin, Rolkin, Rolkin, Tolkien. <laughs> Which is And amazing. I've never, I don't know what J.R.R. R. Tolkien's real name is, but the only thing that's stuck in my head now is Jolkin, Rolkin, Rolkin, Tolkien. <laughs> so that's what it that's,
0: is. He's your favorite that's art, what
1: it is from uh, now uh, on.
0: Author. Jolkien, um, Jolkien, Jolkien, Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, my elves has got a little stuck there. <laughs> Did you hear that? It so ridiculous.
1: Jolkien, Jolkien, um, Tolkien. But yeah, um, didn't he create a whole language for the elves or something? I don't. Yeah. I haven't read all of Lord of the Rings. I he I'm was a linguist so bad about that. I feel like I've failed everyone <laughs> because I just haven't. You have? I. I I know. I I will. I will eventually. I promise. I'll get there. Um, it's okay, but yeah, I mean, obviously, we all have our shortcomings that, Oh gosh, <laughs> the universe that he created for, um, for Lord of the Rings. Wow, I forgot that word. For a second oh, holy too. cow! Very. <laughs> well. Listen, I'm really tired. Um, it was very detailed. You know? Can I just say? And I think he created language too. What?
0: I'm having so much fun this episode. I I kind of feel bad because I'm, I I feel like we should have given this episode like so much time and,
1: you know, know. serious thought and, 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 you you know, all
0: of how I'm really funny, but like there's a time and a place. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I
1: feel like I am,
0: And I feel like I should, you know, have stepped it back a little bit for this episode so that we could really delve into why linguistics is such an important thing. Um I have no plans to change my behavior for the rest of this episode. <laughs> But I just wanted
1: <laughs> So, to, to be clear, you were saying that you regret taking all this time to tell jokes that were only a little bit funny and then continued uh, to say, <laughs> oh no, actually, I'm not going to be changing anything. You know, here's
0: the thing, though. It's meta. It's, it's real meta. It's real meta. Because aren't puns just a really cool form of linguistics? So, like, it's like... But it's also like... Sociolinguistics because it's like the 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 um because um, um why is it I don't really know why it mm-hmm. is but it fits in there too. <laughs> Not gonna help you with these arguments <laughs> <laughs> And so yes, it's por- like, puns are a
1: form of language or like part of linguistics. Yes. Um, so i'm already winning at life that does Um, not mean that does not mean i have to appreciate them especially your puns continue (gasps)
0: what a bad linguist you are
1: i know i'm so terrible you know my next word
0: is semiotics which is the study of signs and symbols and their use or interpretation which is wild yeah um it is it is like I guess connected to like cryptography and orthography and orthography is spelling Um, and it's like yeah or I guess maybe you could say that punctuation I'm sure that punctuation has some is a relatively I don't know if this is true or not But I'm going to go ahead and say that punctuation is a relatively (laughs) universal thing. Um, Maybe it's not. (laughs) But, like, maybe the idea that, like, a dot just means the end of a sentence. And maybe that's a thing that exists in more than one place. And that's, like, kind of
1: cool. Oh, I didn't even think. I thought this was talking more about, like, hieroglyphics and stuff.
0: Um, Oh, you know, Probably um but i like a, what no, i was but saying too really but, but it, yeah you're probably I right <laughs> um. no i didn't even
1: no 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 i i didn't mean that I didn't, like, like haha, you're wrong um i just i didn't even think about punctuation marks like that's a really good point and how punctuation marks are slightly different like in ancient greek a semicolon means a question mark yeah and then with Spanish you put upside down question marks or exclamation points in the beginning of sentences so that's uh that's very cool I am
0: okay. thinking it's hieroglyphic so because the etymology <laughs> is from Greek and it's semi which is to mean to interpret as a sign which also probably means like you know this is a divine signal or sign from a deity and it's telling me that I should do this okay. with my life so it's probably like that kind of signs or like that kind of thing but like maybe it's also linguistics i don't really know <clears throat> but then it went to semi oh goodness semiotikos in greek which means of signs so i guess it's just like the genid, dative, dative
1: form of the noun
0: Sophia, um, I'm right. I
1: mean, of, <laughs> sorry of, i didn't i wasn't i zoned out for a second there um of signs is usually genitive like when it's of oh something. genitive
0: ah dang it i was starting okay um so of signs and then semiotics in the late 19th century sophia i have a question for you
1: what's your question should we maybe
0: just do one quote? <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, that's really a good idea. It's been thirty-five whole minutes. And you know,
0: I'd rather talk about my opinions than other people's,
1: so <laughs> wow. You heard it here first, folks? Ronwin's really self-centered.
0: Whoa!
1: <laughs> I'm sure this is this okay, okay. episode will go
0: down in history. As the one where everyone ruins their friendships and potential friendships with other podcast linguists and significant (laughs) others. I'm allowed to Uh, make
1: fun of you after all that you've teased me for over the past, how long has it been, seven years?
0: Yes, because I'm funny, but
1: <laughs> oh, again, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like,
0: there's, there's a little bit of narcissism, every... isn't there?
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, see, that was what I was about to say. Is to be fair, every five minutes, this particular episode, you have mentioned something about how funny you are and how like I'm no one understands height- how funny you are.
0: Man. I, I'm just, <sighs> you know, you're you're doing great,
1: th- but I'm just saying. Th- 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 there's if no one else is jokes.
0: gonna laugh at my jokes, then I have to. Oh, um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that
1: was really sad. <laughs> <What's> your <laughs> first quote. That was really depressing. Creating <laughs> like a good picture of yourself this episode.
0: I know. I'm um, just. This is like. This is kind of. I'm trying to like sell our podcast to Eli and Caroline. Um, and <laughs> trying to prove that. why I would be a really great you know, person to be friends with, um, and I feel like I'm being really successful,
1: so anyways, what's your first quote? (laughs) Has this been, like, your resume? Like, I'm really funny, I'm really funny, I'd rather talk about my own opinions, I'm really, really funny, I promise! And
0: I'm almost as cool as Sophia.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, um,
0: well, well that was not belief <laughs> uh, <laughs> you wish um yeah you're cool sorry no I
1: you are definitely cooler than me but you mm. know how to program but that's not a debate um
0: you're just so, you know, i originally
1: had helping nice... that
0: narcissism, um, some you know flourish and i appreciate you for that
1: <laughs> you're welcome <Well. laughs> Um, now I'm allowed to tease you the next time you make a narcissistic comment. Okay, anyways, my quotes. Um, so I originally had a nice quote about linguistics in general, but what I really wanted to actually include in this episode, because I think they're very funny and lovely, were quotes that I wrote down from my linguistics professor who i loved by the way so we if in case i haven't explained this well because i don't think i have i took a linguistic a one a week-long linguistics course through columbia university this summer um uh what was it like uh, a few weeks ago it was mid mid august um and we had a professor i don't know if i'm allowed to say her i'm just gonna not say her name and just in case um but she was incredible I loved her I emailed her afterward and was like that was amazing Um, and she was super knowledgeable and very open to different opinions and she made it very clear that like you are allowed to disagree with me and I'm always open to learning new things which is something you don't often hear from teachers in high school so (laughs) that was a very cool thing to to see Um, But she also said some things that I just found really funny coming from a person who has her doctorate in linguistics that I wrote down in my notebook where I was taking notes, and I wanted to share them with everyone. So the first one just cracked me up because I found it so concerning. Because, again, doctorate in linguistics, she said, I always get so happy when I see a linguist actually making a living. (laughs) Oh, no. Again, PhD in linguistics, said to a room full of high schoolers who might pursue linguistics as a job. (laughs) Um, And I just found that very funny and not very encouraging, but... You know, you know, this was in reference then, to Then, Then me- she's
0: going to be so happy when she sees you in the future, because she's going to be like, you're making a living!
1: <laughs> I mean, I hope I'll be making a living. I guess we'll have to see. Um, but, yeah, this was said in reference to... We had a guest speaker um, presenting about... Her, she has a company uh, that names other companies, essentially, and they... Um, yeah, that's, that's all I had. I don't know why I added an and there. That was all I had to say about that. And she was like, you know, it just makes me so happy when I see linguists making a living. I was like, "This, that is so concerning to hear from a linguistics professor. The other thing she said, we were talking about grammar checkers and spell checkers and how they're often actually pretty racially biased and mm. biased in other ways. Um, and she was like, don't trust them, essentially. And i don't know if this was true and i don't know if she was just joking but she did say it she said that the first grammar checker was made by three stoner dudes again Hmm. phd in linguistics i don't know if this was true um but it i had to hold back my laughter in the middle of class because i just found that very endearing and funny so i just the image of like a very information
0: Wise, educated professor saying, well, yes, the first grammar checker was made by three stoner dudes, you know, just,
1: it's just so she, good. <laughs> she did say that, I wrote it down, because <laughs> uh, those are the kinds of things I take notes on, but yeah, ju- those are just some gems from my linguistic class, and don't you worry, I will be talking way, way more about that in the anecdote section, but again, I'm rambling, so Bronwyn, what's one of your quotes
0: well so I'm gonna say this quote and this was when I was preparing the episode I was like oh this is perfect because I can talk about something that's so cool um but you know and it's a very kind of serious quote which is not the energy of this podcast but it's kind of cool and it's an interesting thing so you know I'm going to talk about it anyway so it's okay um but it's the quote is often it's not we who shape words but the words we use that shape us which is Nina George in the little yeah. Paris book shop, and she is a German writer by the way um, but I thought it was cool because it made me kind of think of the idea, which I'll talk about <clears throat> more in anecdotes just because I find this very interesting and this is what I learned from Sophia through her linguistics course was she was like my, my saying knows. how <laughs> linguistics is kind of central to social justice and I thought that was such an interesting like comment fact I don't know but I was like oh my goodness it really is because as Sophia was saying the words that we use you know shape one it's like how we communicate right so the way you communicate kind of dictates the relationship maybe between an oppressed group trying to get rights or even the oppressors trying to um oppress a, a group or something like you know, the language that you use is so important. Um, and, like, language barriers can be a barrier in social justice and stuff. So, like, it was really an interesting comment. But it also, the idea that um, the words that you use are so powerful. Uh, and they kind of can shape a whole issue. So the it, it's not we who shape words, but the words that we use that shape us. So, you know, like, I won't go really into my anecdote, but... Like, the idea that, you know, like, derogatory language allows for, like, the dehumanization of a group and then the oppression of that group. So, you know, like, that kind of, um, using those words shapes the whole issue, so...
1: And the use yeah. of, even, again, this, I, I mean, we'll and we'll go into this in anecdotes, and it's a little bit more serious than we usually do, but it's very important to talk about. Like, that can sometimes tie into the use of slurs and how those are mm-hmm. often used to dehumanize minority groups, and that is something that uh, majority, I was trying to figure out the best way to phrase this, majority groups created to dehumanize um, yeah. people who they saw as different or less worthy um and so that's another interesting part of linguistics of like how it how we have shaped it to uh to use it against other people who
0: like weaponized we
1: haven't liked (laughs) essentially putting it very very mildly but yeah an interesting thing to consider
0: Mm -hmm. um and we'll go into that bit more in a minute Sophia, tell me about your anecdotes (laughs)
1: Oh, Bronwyn, it's going to be so Amazing. long. So I, I'm i going to split it up a little bit, about halfway through. <laughs> so what I really just want to do is essentially a little mini crash course on what my linguistics cor- class was. Caroline, you don't have to listen to this. You heard it all from someone who was much smarter than me. But um, I loved it so much and I could rant about it for the rest of the night. But... I think we might only have like forty-five more minutes before we have to cut it off. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I I'm gonna just quickly go through quickly go through some of the topics that we explored in linguistics, and I will force myself to stop so that Bronwyn can talk a little bit too. And please interject me if I if there's interject you you want to interject interject interrupt. No, but, like, you know, please interject. It doesn't have to be a pronoun after that. Wow. (laughs) I'm so good at English. Um, Mm -hmm. So first, the first thing I wanted to talk about is something called orthography. So this was the first topic that we explored in our linguistics class on on Monday, Um, on that Monday. Orthography is essentially spelling... But it's, it's wrong to say that it, it's a synonym for- it's not, it's not really a synonym for spelling. The way that it was described to me, which I'm still a little bit iffy on if I'm going to be completely honest, but um, the structure of spelling, so like the not spelling itself but the structure of spelling, I hmm. did- it's- I am not 100% clear on the difference, but it's- has a lot to do with spelling, but if you think about it, like a lot of languages don't have alphabets, mm-hmm. so there's still orthography in languages that don't have alphabets.
0: So it's like the structure sense. of like words and stuff, or the create like a construction of words or something,
1: yeah, yeah, sort of. I think I, that that sounds about right. Um, so one of the articles that we read in class, which was probably. Mm, no, it was the article that I found second most interesting. Um, <laughs> the other one I'll talk about in a second. But uh, it was one of the more interesting articles that I found that we read. It uh, talked about orthography in France and Germany. So apparently a couple of years ago, there were reform movements to try to reform French and German spelling because the spelling in French and in German is just wild. Like it, some of the rules make no sense. As I have told Bronwyn about French and she continues <laughs> to try to defend, which I will say a lot there are there are reasons for a lot of the rules but sometimes you you must admit that sometimes it's just
0: i would say that it's not worse than english
1: (laughs) no oh no i never said that no english is the worst (laughs) no english (laughs) is a mess it's way more of a mess than than french i would say Um, Mm -hmm. but still french is is very confusing for Or so this article said. It's confusing for younger students to learn because there's a lot of rules. It's confusing Mm -hmm. for foreign speakers to learn. So there were movements in both France and Germany to try to reform uh, French and German spelling, and people got really up in arms about it. Apparently, like everyone got so defensive over over their language, don't change language. So it wasn't it wasn't really uh, what the article event came to the conclusion of was. It wasn't really a question of whether or not well no that's not true it was the the issue was less although this was still an issue but the the issue that everyone had with it was less changing the language itself but who has the responsibility to change language mm. because i think it was a it was a go- i don't remember exactly i haven't read this article in a couple weeks but I, I think it was a government sanctioned thing where they got a group of people together and they were proposing reforms and people were like this is the people's language like you can't just change it um i don't know if this then- is true
0: or not but was like the movement to change the spelling, like, a movement to kind of anglicize the spelling? Because I can imagine that would have
1: don't. I don't remember, I mean, I'm sure that would anger people. I don't remember it mentioning anything about that. It was more just people didn't want it to change, and they were angry that Mm. people were taking the responsibility upon themselves to change it. I don't know who was changing Mm. it, but... I see, I see. The other argument that everyone was making, especially older generations, um, which you find it in the united states as well we're like well we had to learn the hard version of english like, or not english of french like we had to spend hours in school like working really hard so why shouldn't the younger generation also have that's to such a bad argument yeah <laughs> my life Learned. was hard so why should your life be easy <laughs> it's like exactly well, because like, <laughs> what <laughs> yeah And people were claiming, like, this is going to cause orthographical anarchy, which is a phrase that I absolutely love. I don't don't know if I agree or disagree with all these people's claims, but the phrase orthographical anarchy is the best thing I've ever heard. It's so good. I love it. Um, If
0: someone ever asks me what my, like, like, what are your what are your beliefs i'll be like oh i'm an orthographical
1: anarchist <laughs> <laughs> you should because if, if you say that you're an orthographical anarchist what you're saying is i don't believe in spelling spell things however the hell you want and objectively that, i believe know, that but emotionally good.
0: i have a hard time with it <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow okay then like oh, like i i think like it's, it's unfair for me do. to be
0: like no, no, you spelt it wrong. You're stupid, because that's that's just bad. Like, no, you just spelling is arbitrary. Like you spell things however you want. If you can understand it, then it works. It's good. It's I know that and I believe that. And I wish everyone believed that. I just sometimes feel a little stressed when um <laughs> when Thank
1: you. Thank you for sharing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when I'm confronted with it. But
1: you know, uh-huh. I'm I'm
0: we're all growing and changing, so I'll get there.
1: This is true. Um but yeah, that that was basically orthography. I just found that really interesting how many people got defensive. but then also oh, I forgot. <laughs> then I found this is also kind of ironic because ooh, but it's ironic in multiple ways. I'm sorry. Um <laughs> Because language changes all the time, right? Like as uh, We as humanity develops our languages change completely Um, Like I was talking a little bit earlier about internet culture. The internet has completely changed and shaped the way that we Talk and and communicate now like there is a whole different um, Culture surrounding what we type on social media and like how we communicate through text. So language is changing a lot already and there's not really much we can do about that but this the fact that this movement to change language in a more like standardized way um like no here are the changes we're making rather than letting it develop naturally is is what people got all offended about so i just
0: well it's interesting though right because i feel like it's the same kind of thing where older generations are often appalled or don't like modern slang or they look down at it they're like oh like that's not proper English what do these words even mean you sound so uneducated and it's like well no when you were our age there was slang and there were words that you used and Mm -hmm. it's just different (laughs) like we're not saying that that that's like older
1: generations use that argument
0: especially about your Internet language slang is, is and worse it's
1: like, because it's not proper English, which I will talk like, about more later.
0: Oh, I'm excited for that. But yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. But it's yeah, um, I'm going to skip over linguistic landscaping because I literally cannot stop talking. Linguistic landscaping is essentially the the language that you see on the street. So like advertisements, graffiti, we talked a little bit about that. And I'm going to talk quickly about your favorite, neurolinguistics, yes. before I will let you talk, friends. Um, so, neurolinguistics is so cool, and I wish I was just a little bit better at science so that I could uh, study neurolinguistics, because I, I just do not have enough brain power to study the brain. Well, I think you'd my, be
0: pretty good at it, but my brain. you don't want would, to, you don't, don't have not, to, but, you know, you would be... I do be, not think
1: it would go well, but...
0: Finally be able to answer my questions, but... So.
1: You don't I, I, do I, I do not- I will not be able to answer fully. I don't think you will be fully satisfied, but I can- I can- I can tell you the general area. Okay. Um, so I- yes, this is the topic that I probably find most interesting right after sociolinguistics, um, or maybe even tied with it, honestly. It's so cool. So it- neurolinguistics, as Bronwyn said, is the study of the brain in relation to linguistics, so how the brain picks up language. And we are, fun fact, we are the only species that has language. Apparently the other um, methods of communication that other species use, other animals use, that's not classified as language, it's just classified as communication. Like, we are the only species that has the ability to form language. Something very cool. This is also, it's like inherent in our biology, not just the brain. We are apparently Mm. the only uh, species that can pronounce E, the sound E, and that makes hmm. us unique for some reason. And I think I don't remember if I'm remember. I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly, but I'm pretty sure um, someone in our class mentioned that almost every language has the sound e, like not necessarily hmm. the letter e, but the sound e. Um, I don't know if that's true. I might be completely making that up. But I feel like it's <laughs> a
0: common thing. Yeah, seems. Common. I don't
1: know. Um, but. Some another term we learned is displacement, which is the capability of language to communicate about things that are not ab- immediately mm. present. I don't know what this has to do with neuro linguistics, but for some reason I wrote it in in my. It has notes a thing video, to do so. with like
0: evolution and stuff. Like that's something that's I actually know a little bit about this because, um, someone was talking about stuff, um, evolution and stuff, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. But like something that sets humans apart is the ability to manifest and talk about things that are not physically there so right. ideas that's why we have government that's why we have mm-hmm. like rules social order because and, these like, are concepts yeah concepts or non-existent objects we can still discuss which, which is i really find cool.
1: so cool and apparently that's a distinct or er, i'm pretty sure that's a distinguishing factor like yeah that might be part of the reason why we are the only species that has language because part of language is being able to talk about things that aren't immediately there like love like that's and why we have and like, that. like and society and like civilization example, communicate yeah that.
0: like that's why we have basically without being able to have displacement we wouldn't be able to have social order basically because we wouldn't have government or we wouldn't have um agreement on rules or that kind of thing so we have like exactly the ability to think beyond like instinct and innate and like physical objects and stuff which is kind of interesting
1: very very cool so last quick thing about uh neurolinguistics which which might answer a bit of your question so from what we learned in this class um there are two parts of the brain that um that deal with language In general. Um there the frontal lobe and the temporal lobe, I think. (laughs) And if I remember correctly, the frontal lobe deals with fluency, so your ability to speak fluently in a language, Mm -hmm. and the temporal lobe deals with comprehension, so your ability to understand a language. So Mm. you use a different part of your brain when you are understanding a language than when you are and you and you use a separate part. When you're speaking a language, like when you're trying Hmm. to speak fluently, which is really interesting. So, one of the most interesting things we learned in this class was we were talking about brain damage. So, if you have brain damage to your frontal lobe, which I think is called Broca's aphasia, I might be getting these mixed up, you can go to Google. Um, It's called Broca's aphasia. Um, And when you have damage to your frontal lobe, that affects your fluency. So you can comprehend language totally fine. You can understand what people are asking you, but it's not fluent. When you try to speak, it's not coherent, fluent English. Hmm. So we watched a video of someone who has Broca's aphasia, and someone was asking him questions, and you could tell that he understood what he was being asked. So someone would say, like, what did you do today? and You could tell that he understood it because he used words that had to do with what he did today, but they weren't, they weren't sentences. Like, it was, Mm. it was kind of, it was a, it was very choppy and broken and not, I don't want to say not grammatically correct because that doesn't mean it's not real English, but it wasn't, it wasn't Mm -hmm. like a different dialect or anything. It was just, um, kind of all over the place. The other type of aphasia, the other type of brain damage, damage is called Wernicke's aphasia, and that affects the temporal lobe, which has to do with comprehension. So that means that you can speak English fluently, or whatever language fluently, but you can't comprehend it. So in the video that we watched of someone that has Wernicke's aphasia, someone was asking him questions, and he spoke fluently. He was talking. Uh, completely coherent English, but he wasn't answering the questions that he was being asked. He was just talking, so you could tell that it wasn't um, going going through. That doesn't. like yeah. he wasn't understanding it. So, so I think he, the same question, like, what did you do today? And he started talking about fishing and like going out on the boat in the water. And it was completely fluent English. He just didn't he didn't know what question he had been asked. He couldn't right. understand it. So I found that. That is so really cool. interesting, and then that raises a lot of questions about like what effect does that have on bilingual people? Would that affect one language and not the other? What effect does that have on people who know sign language? Because I don't know if sign language uses a different part of the brain. Like how For comprehension, would that... like it would be yeah, a different. Yeah, yeah, could you teach them sign language and have them comprehend it a lot easier? So I could talk even longer about that, but i rambled far too long. Bronwyn, do you want to That's say one of your cool. anecdotes?
0: Okay, so I'll start with, I'll talk about, okay, I'll talk about some con languages that I read about in a book about the United States and its history, um, with imperialism and, and how the U.S. kind of, well, not kind of, how the U.S. was a colonizing country for a long time, kind of still is, um, and it was talking about how for, for In like the 1930s, 1940s, the US was kind of trying to think of how they could make a universal language. Well, the world was looking at that idea because that was, you know, World War II and then post-World War II. It was like, how do we make a universal language? Um, And in the US, it was kind of, how do we make English a universal language? Um, And some ideas that people had were basically adapting English to make it easier to understand. Um, so, for example, a very popular one was called BASIC, and it was known as like English for Foreigners, and it was made in like nineteen thirties, 1930, 1937, I think, and it had 850 words and 18 of which were verbs, and basically the entire grammatical structure and all the words could be written on like one page with, quote, room left over for sample sentences, um, and it actually went so far as to be taught in schools in China for a while, um, But the thing is, it didn't really work because, and this is a quote that was kind of interesting, that foreigners, for their part, were baffled by the basic's tortuous um, circumlocutions, which is a word from before, particularly around verbs. Um, A critic aptly wrote, the Koreans, Spaniards, and Russians have a right to ask why it is easier to say, I went in the air by jumping, than I jump so I thought that was an interesting quote so basically it just because of its limited vocabulary um, in order to get ideas across you actually had it it was more complicated so objectively yeah there's less to memorize but just because there's less to memorize it doesn't actually make it easier to learn Um, or like more coherent So so it kinda went out because it was just too complicated but it did get pretty far and then another one was this language called anglic which was like just wild spelling but it was created to reduce the chaos that is english spelling but it just like
1: increased the chaos
0: yeah like they basically got rid of um like two letter sounds like sh or th or like ph and replace them with like one letter sounds but it just kind of was <laughs> weird um So they basically took away letters in order to make it less complicated, but it made it more complicated. And then, quote, another one was, quote, a curiously vowel stingy system advertised (laughs) as one world, one language. And that's spelled number one, W-R-L-D, number one, Lang-W-I-J. So, you know, I guess it is kind of vowel stingy. I guess Um, so. But it was kind of interesting because this was like 1930s, 1940s, that this kind of focus on how do we create a universal language? How do we create, um, how do we make, adapt English to make it a universal language? And um, that never really happened, but because of, you know, basically because of the power that the U.S. held, um, it became beneficial for people to learn English so that they could get jobs in the US and then as soon as educated people started learning English in order to get a good job that was international you basically had to learn English and at this point English is taught everywhere as the second language essentially because if you and it's kind of a double-edged sword where if you decide no I don't want to Participate in the effects of like colonialism and imperialism. I'm not going to learn English. Well, that's good. You made a personal statement, but then it's going to be a lot harder for you to communicate with the rest of the world. And that was um, an issue that happened in some U.S. colonies as they changed because, you know, as as a to state a point, like leaders would not learn English, but then they couldn't negotiate with the U.S because they didn't know english and that ended up harming them so it's really interesting how that kind of has affected the world yeah what's your next thing that you want to talk about
1: well i think actually you should talk about coding first because i am going to start going into like social justice and stuff and you have a really cool thing to add to that so we can kind of share that anecdote
0: okay um, and the other thing I was going to talk about is something I know quite a bit about. Um, not, yes, a, not, not a lot, but I know quite You're a, a bit genius. about.
1: She created <sighs> an entire coding course. Okay, okay, okay. No, it's half episode. done.
0: Um, <laughs> it's, Anyways, so programming languages. I know two programming languages, not fluently, so to speak, but I know them decently well. I know Python and Java. Um, and it's kind of interesting. So I actually was wondering, like, in different countries, do you speak a different... Do you write programming languages in a different language? And actually that was something that was answered in this book I was reading. It's called How to Hide an Empire, by the way. It's very interesting. I would highly recommend you read it. Um, But they talked about how... That's another thing about how English has become so essential everywhere. Learning a programming language. Some countries have like... Yeah, like they're... Almost all of them are in English. Um, That's
1: wild.
0: Yeah. But the... I wouldn't say that there's a really a grammatical structure to programming, although I suppose there is specific syntax that you would use But I would kind of describe programming as having a logical structure um, where you like Basically use logic to tell your computer what you want to do So the kind of two main types of logic that I'll talk about are something called if-else statements so something where basically instead of having your program run linearly, because usually a program is just read line by line by line, it goes one two three four five six all the way down, and that's it. And if you kind of want to change that and you know make it not run linearly, you would use logic. So you would use, for example, if-else statements. So it would say like, if this condition is true, then execute this command. Else, or if it's false, execute this command. Um, and that kind of would give your computer almost a choice of what to do if that makes any sense but it's kind of interesting because that's like one format um that you would use one kind of way of conveying your like getting your point across almost in the way you would with a language Um, and then there are also loops so like basically while a condition is true you would execute the same command so i don't know it's kind of interesting because like you use keywords to like if else and while are all keywords that you use to signify these moments in a program um and it's a very logical way of making it work and so instead of being like you need to conjugate a verb it's like very straightforward um it's really interesting you know it has like a grammatic or a logical syntax, which is kind of cool, and yeah, and just the other note about programming languages, I guess. So like, depending on the language, um, it might have a sensitivity to space or to, to like to spaces. So if you change that, it would affect the program. Or it might be sensitive to like uppercase or lowercase, but not all of them are. So not all programming languages are the same, but they all have the same base structure. So they all have a form of if-else statements. Almost always with the word if or else, and same with loops, and they all have like a print statement using the word print. So like it's kind of cool how like the crossover between languages, even if the way they look is a little bit different.
1: And yeah, that is very cool. Well, I do not think I will ever um, be quite be nearly as interested in programming and coding and computer science in general as Bronwyn is because. She is very much into science and math, which is incredible. We need more women in coding, which you can talk about as well at some point mm-hmm. in some future podcast episode. Um, but I can't remember what the end of this sentence was. But however, I I do think that the the linguistics aspects of coding is is very interesting and how it's a lot. Simpler in some ways like you are telling a computer what to do and so you don't need the broadness of yeah. Human language like you don't need to describe what love is to a computer <laughs> um, You just kind of have to tell a computer what to do and yeah. I think that's very cool mm-hmm. Now do you want to it so the last thing that Bronwyn and I were going to talk about was language as it relates to social justice and Bronwyn, I read this little thing that she wrote. She wrote a very, very impressive for someone who did not take this linguistics course on, whenever this was. Um, you wrote of, you are quite knowledgeable about language and its relationship to social justice. So, and this is a I thought about it a lot
0: after you told me about how it connects. It's such I an incredible paragraph. It.
1: Do you want to start out with? Um, with this thing I'll, I'll give I'll give us like I'll give, work, us like I'll give us like an
0: in, an intro and then you can like yeah. go into infinity and beyond and blow us all away. Sounds
1: but good.
0: Basically, I wrote language is central to social justice. <laughs> I added clapping she did put emojis. The
1: emojis in there in the planning doc. That
0: um but yeah. But basically, what I kind of logic out from that idea is Um, How the power that we have in the words that we use. Um, And so, like, a couple examples are, like, the language that we use to describe other groups, like, how important that is. So, for example, if a marginalized group is described with, like, lots of generalizations, um, then they can become very easily seen as other. And as this, like, otherness increases and they become less and less a part of society, they they become dehumanized which kind of allows society to disregard their value and then government to disregard their rights. So, I thought that was kind of interesting. So, interesting. So, like I like generalization saying, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what like any um I'm trying to think of a generalization, but a lot of there are a lot of generalizations about, you know,
1: you mean um, like using language to generalize minority groups?
0: Yeah. Like what's well, like
1: one that I can think of right off the bat is saying that the coronavirus is. A, I don't know if this is exactly what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying is. that the coronavirus is a Chinese virus. Like oh, the exactly. Chinese virus. Like not calling it by its exactly name, like the virus that came from China, and that is leading to blaming all Chinese people for yeah. The coronavirus. By saying the Chinese
0: virus, you're grouping all Chinese people into the same category and, and like the under the virus with, with exactly and that kind Chinese, of association like, is very negative yeah and it like insinuates I don't know it insinuates other maybe it insinuates things about like like cleanliness or something you know so it has a lot of other right. insinuations and that kind of generalization leads to people saying oh I don't that group's not part of my society because that group is different. That that's the group mm-hmm. where this virus came from, right? And that yep. you know categorization um, separates them and allows them to be discriminated against much more easily than if you're saying no, these are people who are
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, who are they're, they're just people. Um, yeah. And another kind of I was looking at quotes. And I saw a quote that made me a little annoyed. So then I wrote a whole other paragraph about (laughs) political correctness because this quote was like, oh, yeah, well, political correctness, yeah, yeah, it's good. But what happens is that you take away harmful language like slurs and you replace it with euphemisms that sound better, but they're just masking, you know, um, malintent. And I was like, well, not really and this is what I wrote, which is derogatory language. (laughs) I was a little annoyed. (laughs) Um, Derogatory language has a very similar effect where cultural acceptance of it, of of use of like slurs and stuff kind of serves as a go-ahead pass for more extreme forms of discrimination and targeted hate. Because if you start using slurs and no one corrects you, you're going to assume that other people agree with you and acting on a more extreme level kind of gives you that go-ahead pass Um, yeah and this is like the only message that is given by permitting derogatory language is that the derogatory language holds some truth Um, and so while euphemisms and you know selective or chosen language may only mask someone's true intentions they're not only masked to the recipient of this like of the slurs or whatever it's not just it's not dangerous for the person who these slurs would be used against because now they don't know that this person is a bad person um they're also masked to everyone else so you know they're not serving um like someone's intent by using slurs is kind of hidden and therefore they can't you know they're not given that go-ahead pass and Mm -hmm. so aside from making people feel safer they can't be kind of egged on by the rest of society because they're not getting feedback for using bad language so you know
1: so this person's argument was we should just use slurs so that we know I don't really know and I, I don't think
0: that I don't think that was really what they were saying but it was like oh you know political correctness isn't the end-all be-all it's not like being politically correct doesn't actually solve anything was kind of what they were saying huh. but I was like well it's not a bad thing to not yeah it's not a bad thing to not
1: triggering use triggering
0: or harmful language if right. anything it's good because you're not you know you're you're cracking down on the maybe one of the less severe form, forms of hate um and not letting it serve as like a uh inspiration or starting point for more hate right so it's yeah and it
1: becomes less normalized, I was like, too. yeah
0: exactly that's that's the word i was looking for it becomes less normalized and if it's less normalized then it's not okay you know right um so yeah political correctness A very is good rant
1: very incredible rant you phrased, made me so happy
0: i just i got very frustrated because i think the thing is political correct even when i say it I get the like, oh, that's like a bad thing, because that's been it's been such like a, it's yeah. been so the term like, has nothing's been so funny abused anymore
1: because everyone's so worried about being politically correct. But I just and it's like,
0: well, think about why politically correct. It's not even. I feel like maybe that term in itself is misleading. It's just being respectful because <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly, like especially if you're not like slurs. Not only have tangible tangible effects on you know, society, like kind of what I was just talking about, but they also affect people, right? Like hearing Mm -hmm. a slur is extremely um, emotionally taxing for people. So it's like, it's not, you know, yeah. (laughs) So the language that you use does shape society. And Sophia, can you explain why?
1: (laughs) Well, that is one heck of a thing to, to lead me off on but there were a couple of things related to what Bronwyn was saying about um just like language describing other groups and minority groups in America and social justice related to those groups Um, there were a couple of things related to that that I wanted to mention the first thing was talking about accented speech so we read an article in this class about um people uh, who were born and raised in the United States. I think it was actually somewhere in the South, some people born and raised in the South. And they, other people brought in, people who were not born and raised in the United States, people who learned English as a second or third language and therefore had an accented English speech. And they wanted to track how quickly people could adapt to an accent that they weren't used to hearing. And the answer was less than a minute. You, it really, it takes less than a minute to adapt to hearing foreign speech. To where you can like um just as easily interpret whatever someone is saying mm-hmm. if, like uh I think it varied slightly depending on the accent but really it's not that much time so there is no excuse to be like uh you know go back to your country because I can't even understand you when you're speaking English yeah you can it takes less than a minute to get used to yeah so shush <laughs> um, also like if you have an accent
0: that means you know more than one language which is yeah. very impressive
1: very cool <laughs> like and i'm jealous of you <laughs> like oh, i i don't it's just I don't like understand
0: do you think you could speak a different language with less of an accent they they do in english like yeah. you're really gonna try to play that card
1: and oftentimes people who learn English as a second or third language, have spent a lot more time studying the inner weapons of English and probably know English better than you do at this point. Yes. Like, it it doesn't make any sense to me. And then we were also talking about in class, actually, I think Caroline might have brought this up, um, how since it takes so little time to adjust to foreign accents, is that something that we should start training, like, people in customer service to get used to hearing different accents so that they can better help people and more efficiently help people because it takes so little time to get used to different accents. Yeah. And essentially, the article, or the way that I read it, was essentially just saying, like, there is no excuse for racism around accented speech. Yeah. Um, like, everyone, shush. <laughs> it is, this is a... It, it doesn't, a it's not even
0: a logical, not that any racism is logical, yeah. but it's, like, the it's, argument doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like... It's just completely... It's just, like...
1: Completely stupid. Yeah. Um... But yeah. The so the the other uh thing related to social justice that we talked a lot about in our linguistics class was something called academic discourse or academic English, which actually is a dialect, which I didn't know. Oh. Um I didn't know it could be classified as a dialect. So it's academic discourse is sort of defined as um the English that you have to use in an academic setting when you're writing a paper right. or when you're in college or essays and stuff like that. Um, it it kind of makes no sense <laughs> because <laughs> there are grammatical structures in academic English that you would never use in conversation. Um, and it's hmm. very structured, very linear. Um, it's No one speaks academic English is essentially what like. No one talks hmm. in the way that you write academic English. And i find that kind of ironic because people think it's superior like oh yeah yeah, you can't you're you're not smart unless you can write in academic english but no one speaks academic english like it's It's something that you have to learn how to write and so people think it's it's socially superior and there's a lot of baggage behind that claim Mm -hmm. um there are people from working class communities for example who aren't exposed to academic english or discourse until they get to college and then have to kind of learn this yeah. new dialect as they are also on top of whatever they happen to be learning in college and that's a really difficult thing for working class yeah. families and a lot of colleges just kind of expect you to know um how to write an academic paper some are i think they, they might be getting a little bit better of like explaining what mm-hmm. academic discourse actually is but it really I think we should just get rid of it. (laughs) It's stupid. Just let people... Yeah. Like, we're going to understand. I think I I saw maybe
0: this on Instagram or something, but something like correcting grammar and spelling and accents is so, like, harmful because if you can understand what someone's saying, then they are speaking correctly. Like, end Mm -hmm. of story. Um, Language is something invented by humans, and even though we have rules knowing those rules doesn't make you superior it just shows that you've had time and the education to learn that and having that knowledge doesn't give you any practical advantage in the world other than Mm -hmm. the societal privilege that we like associate with academic English but as long as you can understand people that's all that should matter because that's like if you can convey your ideas then you're contributing right like that's that's it. End of story, you know?
1: Exactly. Yeah, you, there is almost nothing I can add to that. Like, I don't, that, you said it perfectly. (laughs) This is, (laughs) that, yeah, you, you got it. You said it exactly. That is, this is, and this is why language is so central to these types of conversations. The other, another thing I wrote down is when you have teachers that don't have different accents or dialects or different ways of speaking, that kind of sends the, me- sends the message indirectly that those different dialects and accents are, like, not okay mm-hmm. or not academic or whatever, and that's a really harmful message, and this is why we need to diversify our teachers. Um, what else was I... Oh, this is kind of going back to the to the accent thing. So, contempt for any language or dialect, this is something that I wrote mm-hmm. down uh, in my class, but contempt for any language or dialect arises from prejudice towards speakers of that language or dialect. Yes. Um, which is, like, so important. It's, it's not that you don't like the language, it's that you don't like the people, and saying that you don't like how the accent or how the language sounds is just an excuse for saying that you don't like the people, like, it all arises, it, I mean, it all originates in prejudice towards those people, Mm-hmm. So don't say that you don't like a the way something act, sounds. The way that you know someone else speaks English or, or something like that.
0: For the love of everything, there's no such thing as a language or a dialogue dialect sounding uneducated. Yes. Because that's something I've heard yes. it's it's, a, it's it's a language no, like it's, <laughs> the way we speak English is no more educated than yeah. any other way of speaking English because I haven't like learned how to speak the way I do because of years of school no this is yeah, just no. what I've grown up around and this is the yeah, language exactly. that I speak at home so I sound like and this, even you know
1: like, people who don't ever go to school in their entire lives, usually still speak language and so that means they've been taught something like they've yeah or they maybe not that they've been taught the language specifically but they've learned there that's better a better way to phrase it they've learned something yeah whether that's by like picking it up from around them or however else you learn languages like they have if you speak a language any type of language even a little bit of a language that means that you've been learning something and therefore it's just stupid yeah. to say that one type of a language is uneducated like that or dialect it's, or like, if or i never
0: went to school i would probably and i never like had any education i would probably speak almost exactly how i speak because yep. of where i grow up yep if someone for example like aave which is african-american vernacular english which is mm-hmm. a common is it a dialect dialect um, I believe it's a dialect, yes. Okay. Dialect in a lot of black communities that's often and it has a bad um stereotype of that's the main one where I've heard people say, Oh, it sounds so uneducated. Mm-hmm. And it's like no, it's it's a dialect, right? Like no matter what your education is, if you know that dialect, you know that dialect. It's a way yeah. of talking.
1: And that's you know? that's again, that's another thing that I don't understand about people looking down on AAVE, like, people, black people who, I don't know if it's the correct thing to say that they speak AAVE, but who yeah. who know it or can, and, um... Yes, they speak it. There's a lot of talk about code switching, how, how like, a lot of black people sometimes have to switch between AAVE at home and, um, English, or not English, but... Standard I don't want to say standard English. That's such a that, bad name. But, like, the, the more generalized academic english i guess that that is yeah. used more often in school like that again those black kids are learning another dialect which is very cool like they have they can now switch they, between two different ways they of speaking have twice english, as much knowledge is, of language yeah than you which do. is more than yeah. you can do like, what, That's th- okay, why is it yeah. not seen as something that's very cool and a thing that we should be learning yeah. more about like it's an educational opportunity and i i don't I don't understand all of the arguments surrounding language. And see, this is why I feel like a lot of um, racial prejudice and other prejudices oftentimes starts with language. I won't say all of it because that's a big generalization. Yeah. But a lot of it has to do with language. And I didn't even fully internalize that until this class and it really helped me realize that and I've been talking to Bronwyn about that a lot. Yeah. So I'm really glad that we got to There's that on the podcast. Someone as
0: well. on TikTok, if any of you have TikTok, named Rin Star Y no R Y N N S T A R Is it one R?
1: Um I think so. I think it's one R. Look if you're S T A think.
0: Yeah, I think if you look up Rin Star, um a lot of especially like a lot of her early videos talk about AAVE and I learned so much from that um and how she's like she has a a huge amount of linguistic knowledge
1: yeah she's very very smart and very knowledgeable um in a lot of different different ways and she uses her TikTok to speak out about um racial injustices and a lot of that often has to do with linguistics so of course that is it's I think she's probably my favorite person on TikTok, TikTok yeah. that I follow because I've just learned so much from her. So definitely So I would
0: recommend just just go check out Rin star Everyone that you can. can every, yes. everyone who can check out Rin Star and, you know, learn a bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This might have been yes. our longest episode ever. And I am not No I've had such that. a good time. This was a good episode This is one of my too. favorite
0: episodes we've ever done.
1: It was amazing. I think this might be my favorite episode that we've ever... Because we started in complete chaos and we ended talking about something really, yeah. really important. and so
0: and interesting.
1: I think... I mean, I think that's great and yes. very interesting. And um, thank you for thank letting you. me ramble. <laughs> I am sorry I learned this a lot. boring, but I could talk for hours about linguistics.
0: I learned a lot from you, so thank you.
1: Well, thank you for indulging me. This is, as I said... Probably mm-hmm. my favorite episode yet um, and I as you can tell Me my too. voice is gone now <laughs> so I hope, I you're hope all you guys are all
0: happy um yeah is this where we're do you have any yeah. last things you want to add
1: I okay. don't think so
0: well guys thank you so much for joining us today we'll do a quick outro for you guys <laughs> if you've been patient enough to sit through all of this <laughs> hopefully you work because it was very fun which by yes. the way
1: congratulations a lot of listening a lot of yeah rambling <laughs> um,
0: check out our instagram at quotes dot and dot anecdotes um where we post cool things about our podcast and updates when our podcast comes out yeah um follow our cover artist mary um you can find her on instagram at dinobite that's d-i-n-o dot b-y-t-e she got an incredible haircut recently. She doesn't usually post pictures of herself. Well, she doesn't really oh ever gosh. post pictures of herself on her Instagram, but I just wanted to say.
1: And she didn't tell Bronwyn or I, yeah. and she didn't give us pictures, and I will never not um, be mad about that. Yeah, them. me too. <laughs> she has um, very good
0: haircuts. F- email us. Because we talk oh, about yes. them
1: so often, check out uh, Caroline and Eli's podcast, Hey Nerd. Again, if you like this podcast, you will definitely like their podcast. They're both very cool people. And Caroline and Eli, if you're somehow still listening after all that, one <laughs> thinks true. you're very cool. And so do um, <laughs>
0: email us at quotesandanecdotes at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe.
1: R- rate, review, subscribe. <laughs>
0: um, and thank you so much, Sophia. I will always be in awe of your immense linguistics knowledge.
1: I wish it was even more immense but thank you Bronwyn and I will always be in awe of the fact that you are willing to learn how to, <laughs> to computers I, I could never you. <laughs> you know
0: it's a uh, yep
1: <laughs> oh another shout out thing go I think we might have done this when you were mm. first making your your course but go check out Detect theory yep. on Instagram I we can put the the link in the description Bronwyn is working on making a beginners coding course with our friend Sandra. Sorry, Sandra. I'm to I think she'll this love podcast. it. <laughs> um, She's and... gonna be famous! <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Sandra, you're famous! Um, it is if you're interested in, in learning a little bit about coding, they start from the very beginning, and it's very informative and lovely, um, and they worked really hard on it, so definitely check it out if you have some free time yes, and you feel like learning coding. the
0: tech theory it's on Instagram. And thank the you so theory. much for joining us, my friends. Thank
1: you, everyone. And card